Dungeon Manor. Hello and welcome to the sweatiest version of the Tip Manor podcast <laughs> to date. That's not even a lie. It's truth. It's the truth. It's the very true, true story. It's very sweaty. So, chaps, it's Sunday night. It's a bank holiday weekend. The weather's been immense. I've just got home from mountain biking in Wales where I had no signal on my phone, which meant I, could, I couldn't listen to iFollow or follow the game on Twitter. So I was sweeping through the forests of Landegle yesterday in blissful ignorance. Um, and then I managed to drink enough last night to repress any thoughts of the scoreline. And today I watched Ben Stokes keep England single-handedly in the ashes. So come on, I've had... I've had a lovely weekend so far, um, but I just caught up on the extended highlights from the Bristol game, and I've got a feeling that this pod is going to reset my mood and my general outlook on life, and do you think that's fair? No, it's not fair. To be fair, I think I've had a mixed uh, I've had a mixed bank holiday so far. The weather's been good. Football, not so good. I've spent it with my family. Well, spent today with the family up in, in um, South Shields on the beach. I did get a parking nice. ticket though, which kind of darkened Ooh. the mood a little bit. And I think it's a bit of an unfair parking ticket. But uh, you're going to challenge it I'm, at the courts? Uh, I'm not sure. It, it did say that they'd given me a ticket for not parking within the marked bays, but the caveat to that, I wasn't actually in a bay. So, well, is 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 it a fair ticket to give me a ticket for not parking in the bay when I wasn't actually in a bay? Sounds like one for a pod, another pod, I think. Right? <laughs> another pod. <laughs> another pod. Yeah, maybe. Right. So, Andy, our listeners would get restless if I didn't ask you what you had for dinner. What did I have for dinner? I had fagi- uh, fajitas. 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 Yeah, I was going to say fajitas. <laughs> and then I thought people would think that's actually what I thought they were called, which I do call them fajitas, but I know they're called fajitas. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Right. We also have John with us. John, how are you? Yeah. You have a good weekend so far? Yeah, very cricket dominated. So, I am still in a good mood, but as you, as you said, this podcast is going to send us all downhill very quickly, I think. But I'm in a very good mood at the minute. So Good. And Connor, you're back with us. How are you doing? I know you're particularly sweaty today. Yeah, I'm pretty sweaty, although I have just put the fan on. So hopefully the fan will sort me out and you won't be able to hear it. I can already hear it. You're lying. Gen- genuinely. I'm not, I'm lying. not lying. I'm not lying. <sighs> I'll Turn that thing off just and just sit in, sit there in your pants, sweating, and accept it. That's fine. That's um, ben song. is <laughs> Ben is not with us today. He has decided that having a barbecue is more important. So that's Black, fine. Blacklisted. Ben. Absolutely blacklisted for sure. Never right, chaps. Never. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, Andy's going to run us through the news today, and we're going to run that weird Mario Kart kind of starting race music to get into it. Let's go. News. Hello and welcome to the 10 o'clock news with me, Andy (laughs) Wilmer. No, it's not. Is it 10 o'clock? It's probably... It's quite late. It's nearer to 10 o'clock than it is 9 o'clock. Yeah, so... Quite a bit of news this week. Uh, I'll try and fly through it as, as quickly as I can because I've got a feeling this pod's probably going to be uh, quite a long one. And some of this news actually feels like it was an age ago. Um, it doesn't actually feel like it was this week. Um, 
that's yeah. probably because we've had two two games in the space of certain things happening. But um, <clears throat> we'll crack on. So I think probably the two big pieces of news this week: two signings on the same day. Um, I don't remember the last time that happened actually. Within I think it was within three hours of each other. Um, obviously, Matty Taylor, the big one. I think we were all we all thought this one was dead and buried and it wasn't going to happen. Um, I certainly thought it was um, one we'd missed out on, but obviously it was announced on Monday that Matty Taylor had signed on a season-long loan. Um, he'd obviously he's out of favourite um, Bristol, um, and obviously we took our opportunity to snap him up. Um, I did hear somewhere I, think, I don't know whether it was on the BBC uh, Radio Oxford commentary on Saturday that there might be the potential to make that permanent in January um, rather than um, wait till the end of the season, which would be positive. I think that'd be good for obviously Matty and the club and the, the rest of the squad. Um, obviously we all know Matty Taylor from his time with us initially. Um, I think he, he was released at the time and he, he I think he was, he was fairly young and he, he said on, on some of his uh, media stuff that it, it took him sort of two or three years to get over that. Obviously, it's his local club. He's a homegrown talent. Um, but he did obviously on the on the other hand say he probably wasn't quite ready um, to step up yeah. to that plate. Obviously, with the likes of Bino and I think Matt Green were both sort of in and around the squad at that time. Um, I think as a footballer though, it's probably quite disappointing to be moved along when you're just sort of chomping at the bit and you want him to spark your career. Um, but obviously, he, he also spoke positively about having the chance to come back to Oxford um, and he's in the process, um, although I think it's not as a result of coming back to Oxford, of buying a house in Oxfordshire. So, again, that's positive. He's not going to be travelling hours and hours to, to sort of training and anything else. Um, I actually had a dream uh, on Monday night about Carl Robinson. Um, <laughs> Keep it PG. Yeah, it's PG. You know, he came into my dream and he, he, he we bumped into him. I was having a family barbecue, much like sort of Ben is at, at the moment. Um, he, jo- and he, he joined us for the barbecue. Um, we, we had a bit of a, a bit of a chinwag, and he said we'll, we'll be okay. And if I if I had any advice, he's willing to listen. So, Carl, if you're listening, I might take you up on that offer. Um, and then the nice. other, the, the other, obviously. What did what did Carl eat at the barbecue? I don't actually remember that. that. That's a bit sketchy. I don't think he actually had anything. Obviously, his his body's a temple, so he was, of course he, he, <laughs> he was looking after he was looking after that physique. Um, and then the other one, George Thorne, signed um, from Derby initially on uh, a loan until January, which is a little bit weird. Um, yeah, we yeah. we mentioned him on the pod before, hadn't we? And yeah. our mole, our mole in the camp, as we always reference, had said that he failed his medical initially, and so we weren't expecting it to us to pursue it. But you know, maybe he's on. So it's I'm guessing we're not paying much of his wages if he's heavily injury prone. So I think no, that's yeah. been, I think that's been confirmed that we're not paying an awful amount. I just I just worry that it it'll take him probably a month or so to get get fully fit and before you know it, it'll be January and I think if he does play well he'll, he'll go elsewhere but well that's the thing it's clearly, he's spoke... it's clearly a player of quality so it's probably worth it overall he spoke about that on his um on his I follow interview saying obviously he's come to the club mainly because of Carl Robinson not because of Oxford which is a lot of players like that it's just a bit like Tourette's they just oh yeah I've come to Oxford obviously they're a big club but he actually said it was Carl Robinson was a, a sort of a big factor yeah, in him coming to the club um 
and he spoke about wanting to remind people and wake a few people up about who he is and feels Oxford's obviously a good place to do that. Um, he wasn't available to play against Burton. I think his paperwork was completed slightly too late, um, and he wasn't named on the squad in the squad or on the bench for Bristol. Which, as you mentioned, John, depending on the uh, where he is fitness-wise, it's probably going to take him quite a, a fair chunk of his time to get up to speed. Which it's a, it's a bit of an odd signing um, for me, um, but he he's been if Baptiste gets back and he gets fit, and you've got kind of Gorin and Brannigan that will also playing in those roles. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how we kind of rotate things. I guess the period of time when we're in the Cups, there's probably more opportunities there. But he's meant to be like a deep-lying playmaker, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's probably he's come here just to sort of spark his career again and just prove that he is still the player that he, he's known to be. I don't think there's anything, uh, any interest from us to sign him permanently. So I think it's, yeah. it's pretty much just a... A little jolly for him. Uh, Carl Robinson spoke after the signings about um, saying that it wasn't fair to ask for anything else from the board in terms of money to bring in further players. Um, obviously, there was the mention of McCleary. Um, I haven't heard anything of that since, so I'm, I'm guessing that's probably dead and buried. Um, and now, obviously, now the transfers are done. We think we don't think anybody else is coming in. Um, what does our squad look like? Um, and I think it's pretty much what we saw on against Bristol yesterday. Um, you've got the likes of Woodburn, Taylor, Fosu, Mackey up, up top, um, Brannigan, Henry in the Thorn, and Gorin in midfield, and then Ruffles, Moore, Dickie, Cadden, Long, um, at the back line, and obviously Eastwood. I think you could probably, maybe depending on how uh, Elliot Moore gets on, um, Moose, you could probably chuck him in in that sort of central defensive position along with Gorin as an option. Um, But I don't think the squad's going to change massively between now and January. I think the the point we were hoping to get across at some point is that in terms of like the squad depth, that we were all very excited after Fawn and um, Taylor came in because suddenly you could kind of put two starting 11s down that both looked relatively strong. Um, and when you think you've got Baptiste, Sykes, I know Sykes has gone out on loan, we'll talk about that in a second. Like Hall, Napper, if he was fit, Ford, Ajay and Mackie kind of not playing. We've got some real depth there, but the problem the problem is our starting eleven is having some issues. Um, so hopefully the depth comes in handy over the next few weeks. But it'll be something we'll focus on again probably in more detail as we go through the season. Yeah, um, obviously just touched on there. Sykes has been made available for loan. I see a lot of people on Twitter, especially, are up in arms about this. Um, but I think yeah. um, Jack Willows in our um, group, our Yorkshire Yellows group, made a very good point in the fact that we have been used as a stepping stone by from sort of players and clubs to further their <laughs> career and, and sort of help them along in that career. Is it not time that we used that uh, model as well and sent him out on loan to get some uh, game time to obviously bring him back and be a better player. So I think initially I was I was a little bit disappointed because we've not really seen what he can do. But I think I've mentioned it before, the, obviously Carl Robinson and the coaches see more of him day to day than we ever do. So yeah, I think, I think you have to put faith in them to, to make the right decision. I think it was Jem that said those, maybe Jack said it as well. Jem definitely put something out there 
got a lot of likes and stuff on Twitter. But yeah, I didn't understand that initial backlash from fans about him going out. Exactly as you said, surely, you know, we, it'd be great if he hit the ground running at like a top end League Two team or something like that. Then came back in January, like with a load more senior experience of English League football. Can only we, don't, be good. we don't need him in the team this minute. So getting out, experienced young players, clearly got something about him. Um, I think it made perfect sense, really. Or depends who's who he goes to, I suppose. But I didn't see the big big problem. Connor, have you, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it would be a good move for him to drop down, maybe into League Two, like you say, get a bit of English English League football experience. Um, then, you know, perhaps push for a start in place next season. Uh, I don't think he's quite at the level yet anyway. He showed some glimpses last season. Um but yeah, I'm certainly open to the, uh, the thought of him going out on loan. Um, just a couple of more tidbits and news. Um, Shannon Baptiste back in contention for selection, I think, going forward um, after coming back from two pretty bad injuries. Um, I'm pleased for him. I mean, as, as a footballer, that's what you do. You want to play football. And obviously, I think it was within five minutes of making his initial comeback when he got injured again. So for him to battle through that and then obviously come back to be in contention I think slightly early is a is a big boost for him and I think we all saw at Sunderland especially away last season what he's capable of doing and I'm I'm pretty excited about him coming back in and it, and again I think it'll probably take him quite a while to get up to sort of match fitness but yeah I think that's a definitely positive um and then the last last bit of news obviously Oxford I think this week launched um their partner pub scheme which um Essentially, I think it gives the, the pubs in sort of the county the chance to um, to be a nominated pub within their sort of town and, and their villages. So I think they can pay a, an, a, an amount. Um, let me just see what that was. So, yeah, they can pay uh, 1,500 quid plus VAT to become a, a partner pub of the club. Um, it gives them exclusive, uh, exclusivity in their town area for the obviously this season. It gives them two match tickets per home league game worth uh, one thousand one hundred four pounds, uh, which they can use as a quiz prizes or draws, um, however they see fit. Um, away kit what, sponsorship. What was that? Sorry, they so, get two. They get two match tickets yeah, worth so loads of money. Basically, two match tickets. So I think they physically get the tickets, which is a, is a worth uh, sort of a, a worth of well a nominal amount of. £1,104 to use as like a, I don't know, say if they have a pub quiz, they can raffle like the next two, they can raffle two tickets off for the next home game and they get two tickets for every home game throughout the season. Okay, um, cool. Obviously, they can't just take those tickets and go and watch the game. They have to, I, I'm <laughs> assuming they have to use them in some sort of quiz or um, as a prize. Um, they get an away kit sponsorship of a first-team player. Um, they get a launch story on the club website and their social media channels. They get a monthly email to subscribe fans of the uh, OUFC database um, to promote pub events. So obviously, I think they can use um, emails as a bit of a, a media outlet for anything they're doing. They get a framed signed shirt, which is pretty cool. I'd be happy with that. Makes me um, think there's something potentially in all this, not probably for pubs to pay, but better grouping or awareness of single pubs for away fans at the grounds. There's always a bit of a, where's everyone going? And all right, not everyone can pile in on the same pub, but maybe there's something in that move mm. forward. But Yeah, maybe. Um, but, I think it's... But anyway. 
I think it's probably just a, a way for obviously the club to integrate the community. Um, what else do they get? They get OUFC official partner pub beer mats. Well, there's one. I, for... I was about to say, do they get a mouse mat? They get official OUFC partner pub beer mats. So anybody that's worth that... the money. That's exactly. worth the one thousand five hundred pounds. <laughs> anybody that's into beer mat flipping, which I don't mind, I like to dabble in it. I think my 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 record is 25 in one go. Um, That's strong. It is Good strong. Effort. I haven't done it for a while, but yeah, uh, the last count it was 25. And they get a monthly OUFC fixture poster to display in the pub. And the areas they are looking for initially are, obviously they've got Jay's Sports Bar at the stadium, which is the, as a, as a partner pub. Looking for pubs in Blackbird, Lees, uh, Littlemore, City Centre, Headington, Summertown, um, Abingdon, Banbury, Bicester, Didcot, Kidlington, Tame, and Whitney. So, if you have a pub in uh, any of those regions and you're interested in that, get in touch with the club. Awesome. And that is the news. Right, we have to actually talk about football. That's it's going to be depressing. <laughs> so, as Andy said. It feels weird talking about Burton now. It feels like a long, long time ago. So we'll whisk through this pretty quickly. But do we do we have to talk about this? <laughs> we do. We we do. Yeah. We, we are informative at times. You know, I don't know. Anyway, right. So Connor, you came round. We had a Domino's pizza. That was great. Oh, we managed to we did. stream the game on iFollow. Did you guys manage to follow it? Um, on the radio or do you no, keep yeah, track I w- of the scores I watched it via iFollow I think it's a fairly good deal when it's a, an evening kickoff or outside of that 3pm Saturday window I think it's £10 isn't it and you can watch the game so yeah for the likes of us exiles it's a good deal um, that's it John did you listen in or did you just keep track I, of the highlights I was I was listening I was down at the gym at the time so there were a lot of embarrassing fist pumps <laughs> and <laughs> kicking yeah. things where other people are prancing around doing, um, you know, listening to high end techno or whatever. So it was like <laughs> high end techno. What's the difference between high end techno I don't know, and normal just techno? That, just that crap music that's played in gym that they must assume everybody likes. And it's just like really loud. Anyway, so yeah, there was a few embarrassing moments for people like, what is that guy doing? But yeah, I did listen to it as this short, it's a long answer to what you were yeah. <laughs> Right. So there was. Scrappy opening exchanges, um, although we moved the ball around pretty comfortably early on in the game. Um, we conceded another set piece on 30 minutes. It was another header from a corner. I remember, Andy, we debated this a bit, didn't we? Because it looked like Eastwood either slipped or his positioning was just a bit wrong because the header seemed to go in the middle of the goal and just kind of flooped. That's a new word. Flooped over him. Mm. Um, I think it was a bit it was a bit debatable, his positioning, to be honest. I think he probably could have been closer to his back post, but... Again, I'm not one to question the man's uh, the man's <laughs> ability. It, I think it was just again, it was one of those set pieces that it was a fairly early on. Oh no, it wasn't yeah. actually. It was it was thirty minutes, 30, wasn't it? Yeah, so minutes, yeah. It, it was just I don't know a lapse in concentration and maybe a bit of not disrespect but lack of respect to the um, to the opposition. So it it was different. I guess the concern is that it was Blackpool. We conceded a goal. Um, from a corner just a few days before. So hopefully it's not a theme. 
Um, Matty Taylor's main chance in the first half, well, kind of throughout the game, came just after that. So he's played through on the left-hand side into the area and kind of went for a dink. It was very exciting, but the keeper <laughs> saved it, went out for a corner. Um, that was it for the first half. So it was all very kind of tidy, intricate football, which is, again, something that we seem to be able to cope with pretty well, but not much, not many chances actually created. Um, we then came out of the blocks pretty quickly. Great goal from Brannigan, second half. Taylor kind of moving the ball onto Ford, who crossed it, and it was a class finish, wasn't it, Connor? I remember you got particularly excited. It yeah, was it was a great pizza. finish. You spat your pizza on my floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that was for the second goal. That was the second <laughs> goal. The first one, uh, it, was a, it was a great finish. Uh, Brannigan obviously took it first time. Nice side-footed control finish in the bottom left corner. Uh, keeper's got no chance with those. It's just you know fizzed into the bottom corner. And Brannigan, again, um, just showing his class. He's He's got abundance of it in various areas of his game. And yeah. that goal was another another showcase of that. Yeah, and then a few minutes later, uh, great work from Dicky, kind of bringing the ball out of defence. Then a excellent like long ball um, over to the left wing, and it felt like time stopped whilst Mister Ford was kind of making his way into the box, and the ball kind of got stuck under his feet. But he, it was a really tidy finish into the far corner, just went off the post and in. I think, um, yeah, and that was when I spat my pizza out. Okay, yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, after that, we just seemingly kind of lost the plot a bit. So Scott Fraser um, turned into Ronaldo um, and just punished us. So like his first goal, um, we kind of just dilly-dallied around, not clearing the ball. I think it was originally from a corner, but we were just not clearing our lines at all. And it was the one where we just smashed it from kind of near the edge of the box um, into the top corner. It was a great finish, to be fair. But again, it was frustrating because we just weren't, getting the ball out. And we're going to talk a bit about that in the Bristol Rovers game as well. Um, KR, like at that time, as soon as that goal went in, started lining up Fosu and Mackie um, to bring them on. But then before we could actually get them on the pitch, um, there was that horrible deflected shot from Fraser again that put them 3-2 up. So Eastwood was kind of wrong-footed, nothing he could really do about it. Um, he'd made the substitutions anyway. And obviously the reaction was mainly based about KR talking about those. Um, but then there was a great kind of third goal and a hat-trick for Scott um, Fraser where he kind of just a counter-attack um, kicked the ball into like into the far left corner um, Eastwood's right from the edge of the box I did think when we watched it Eastwood just hasn't really made any saves and everything seems to be going in but when you watch it back the finishes mm -hmm. were pretty good so yeah it's the same with the Bristol Rovers game like yeah. we obviously we'll talk about it in a minute but that volley same sort of thing in it. I, yeah. I, I can't. I personally can't sit and criticise Simon Eastwood for um, perhaps other than maybe the slip, but that's been a bit critical of the goals we've conceded this season. Um, defensively wise, um, I think we need to yeah. wise up, but we'll go into more depth with that in the Bristol Rovers game. Yeah. So last season, um, Fraser scored six goals in 42 games and he scored three against us in one game. So that's good. Um <laughs> In summary, then, we just didn't really sustain any pressure in the second half and it felt like we were kind of rushing everything. But I think it was the panic about being behind at home. And I think KR admitted that he kind of panicked somewhat with his subs. Um, Burton seemed to just press us really well throughout the whole game. They seemed extremely fit and well-organised. Um, and as soon as we kind of got into their half, they were just on us and there was nothing. We, we didn't really have any answers to it. 
Um, I know there's a bit of frustration, Andy, you were mentioning Taylor coming in and the kind of long ball game seemed to come into our football and it was a bit frustrating. Yeah, I know um, before the game, I think Carl Robinson did an interview and said he didn't want to start Taylor, but Taylor was pretty insistent he was going to start. And I think we were trying to play the game to Taylor rather than just play our game. Um, I think Taylor's savvy enough to be where he needs to be and when he needs to be there. So we just need to play our game and it'll be, it'll pop up where he needs to be. But I think it was the opposite way around. We were trying to base our game around Taylor. And obviously I'm just not a fan of those direct long ball type games. They just don't work. I mean, maybe at conference league two, maybe you'll get away with it. Um, and in certain situations, but I just, I couldn't understand why we, we went away from what we did at Sunderland and Peterborough and, we were just trying to hoof these long balls. I mean, it just didn't work. I, th- I think it's a fair point, but on the on the next breath, I, like James said, fair play to um, Burton Albion because their pressing game is fantastic throughout the game and that really does dictate how we play. And if you look at the Sunderland game, they stood off us a lot in the Sunderland game and we were able to play and Burton sussed us and they they executed their game plan very well, in my opinion. And this is yeah. this is a thing that it kind of crosses over to the next game as well. That it seems to be a bit of a recurring theme that the good teams, so to speak, let us play a bit, and then the the lesser teams or same sort of size teams as us, they just do their homework on us, and they realise that if they just nullify us and get in us amongst us, they can cause us to change our style, and then we haven't got an alternative plan. It, it, that's what really worries me, particularly from that game yeah. and, and further on in the yeah. Bristol one. We'll talk yeah. about for sure. Yeah. I think tactical flexibility is something that Robinson's going to need to sort out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Which will come with the squad. You know, obviously it's a new squad, lots of new players, but I think it will eventually come. But obviously, as fans, we want it to come good straight away, don't we? Yeah, you you want to see players on the count when we're countering people carrying the ball from deep and not always going for that long pass is essentially what. Even if you're getting pressed, someone's got to be brave enough to try and turn out in midfield run and pick a, a pass like that was the thing that was frustrating I think the other the night the system we play means that players really have to know what they're doing 150% of the time and as, as Connor says if they're not quite familiar then and they're it's a team that's all over us it can probably easily go to pieces but hopefully that will be something that gets sorted out yeah um other things that stood out Burton's number 10, Atkins. I, kept, I called him like four different things because I, I couldn't work out if they were saying Atkins or something else. But he was apt, he was dominant throughout and we just couldn't handle him. I don't think I saw us tackle him at any point. He just kept turning, moving. Like what I was describing the ball before about someone carrying the ball, he was doing exactly that. Um, it was very effective. And he, whilst he didn't score anything, he was complete pain in the ass from our perspective. Um. Then, as I said earlier, KR's kind of main reaction was a bit kind of tedious. He didn't really focus on the uh, the opportunities that we've got and the things that I guess we've just talked about. It was all just blame me, blame me. Um, you know, take when I, I get why managers want to take the focus off the team and like Mourinho would always do it, wouldn't he? And talk mm. about omelets and shit. Um, but when he's kind of doing that, he did it to an extent where it didn't feel as genuine as it could be. And he made the sub. You know, I was kind of fine. Connor, we called those subs, didn't we? Before they were made, we were saying he should take Ford off. He should take who? Who else came off? Woodburn. 
and he brought yeah. Mackie and Fosu on and we called it before he even made it so I think a lot of fans would have probably been in the same place so yeah, it wasn't I just that. Think it, was... that it was just the decision to do it when we went 3-2 down because if you, if you look at the game after we went 3-2 down we had no shape at all and they and they played through us and that's obviously what uh, KR's you know that's what he was uh, alluding to in his in his post game interview yeah anything else any other comments John listening in how was Jerome? Was he excited? Was Nick Harris there getting people's names wrong? What's going on? Uh, I think the the shock of it just seems to take everyone, including including Jerome, uh, to town really. But I think it, I think people were expectations were, were hugely high, and I'm sure the players weren't thinking, "Oh, we've had a good start. This will be easy." But uh, certainly, there was. I think that was a, a shock to the system. Coming back to Nick Harris getting names wrong, he did genuinely. He went. He went Woodburn, and then went for Brannigan's goal, and we were like, "Ah, oh, Woodburn scored, fantastic!" <laughs> and then you know Nathan or someone just comes on like a minute later, going, uh, "Great goal from Brannigan!" But then in the obviously in the match highlights, the BBC like pulled together like a little tidy reel up. of what's happened, and they didn't know they didn't tidy it up, so it must have been mega confusing for people. Uh. But anyway, maybe they sat Nick down, had a chat. Who knows? Um. On to Bristol Rovers then. John, are you, are you going to talk us through some of that? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll talk us through uh, the Matt Taylor derby, as it seems to have been named. <laughs> um, so we, we sent our man Jack, Jack Schumacher, um, down to the game. Um, and he sent us a few notes, which I think are the best things to go on, seeing as many of us either, either listened or weren't able to watch. But, I mean, I think I think I'll, I'll blaze through this and then we'll we'll get to discussions. I think it will bring up a lot of similar similar themes. I mean... By all accounts, a very positive start. Lots of movement, lots of nice, tidy play. Brannigan doing very well. Um, big chance for Taylor. Fosu being hacked down as soon as he got the ball, which they were obviously targeting him quite, quite strongly. Great goal from Woodburn. I think we've all seen that. Um, you know exactly what he needed, but by all accounts, sort of faded pretty much after after that. Do we do we think it was? Has everyone seen the goal? Yeah, Woodburn's yeah. goal. Yeah. 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 Because it's he kicks it so weirdly and it goes like two miles an hour and nestles in the far corner. I, maybe it's just the angle of the camera. I, but I, I thought he missed. I, I thought he he kind of curls in, but it's like a miss hit. But yeah. maybe it's not. Am I being? Oh, a, I think he's opened his body up brilliantly to wrap his foot around that. I, when I saw it, I I did kind of have a big smile on my face when not just because obviously we scored, but the technique that was involved in that was a, it was pretty class for a 19 year old lad. Um, he showed glimpses of what he, what he's capable of doing. And I personally, I know Andy might have different views. I think he will come good this season and he will do some bits for us. Andy, what you, what do you say to that? I don't, I don't doubt his ability, but I think he's probably been, he's been hyped up quite a lot and he's obviously, he's potentially feeling that, that pressure. Um, he obviously he's had one sitter that he's missed. Um, he's had a, he's had other opportunities, and I think he's probably he's only a young lad. He, he probably feels like he's got a lot of pressure on him to do well. Um, I think, um, I, yeah. It's can he put a ninety minutes together at, at this level where he does more than one big big impact? Really, he needs to be doing a lot of things playing in that position in our in our yeah. system. But yeah, I think the biggest issue is he's like like I say he's quite young. He's he's not probably as, as bulky as, as other forwards in the league are. And I think he gets bullied out of the game quite a lot. So, um, 
yeah, obviously I want him to come good. I want him to score a hatful of goals, but obviously from what I've seen at the minute, he's um, I think he's playing with a lot of pressure on him. So I'm, I'm pleased, obviously, he's got that first goal and hopefully that'll kickstart him into uh, having a good season with us. So from that moment, it went downhill. <laughs> um, so Taylor obviously, well, Taylor went off, which is not not great. And I think we'll touch on that later, but it's going to be... I wonder be what reception he... We forgot to mention the amnesty um, bins. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, had a, he had a one-man security guy following him around as, as well. Um, really? Yeah, I've seen that clip. Yeah, he had a, he had he had a few people with him. For, yeah, and he managed to lose that security bloke at one point. But I think if you opened up those bins, <laughs> there was quite a lot. There was like a lot of snakes coming out of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he went off, and then I think this is the problem where they scored a lot of goals that were good finishes, but actually, where was the pressure on them? So, I mean, it was a very good equaliser from Ed Upson, but we didn't clear our lines properly. Um, Gave him the space and yeah, right, fair play was a good finish. But where was the build up on on top of that? Um, it's a reoccurring theme as well, isn't it? From from the last game, not being able to clear our lines properly. Yeah, it, it's really so. It's, that goal is really really similar to that other one it you is. mentioned it earlier, yeah. Connor. If you go if you go back and watch that, it's kind of you. There are multiple opportunities where a player should either be winning a header or putting their foot foot through it. Um, and I also noticed we kind of double up in weird places where. There's one Bristol Rovers player about to cross the ball in. I think it leads up to that goal. And we've got three players in the around the corner flag running at him. So that means there's space somewhere else on the pitch for Bristol Rovers players to just stand in. But anyway. Well, it's, it's, you see it in the last goal, there was just countless amounts of time. And there had plenty of space just to knock the ball back in across. But I mean, the second goal killed it sort of on half time. I mean, I, I watched this back and thought, that's a cross that's just got to be. He shouldn't have a free header there. More looks like he's got to do better. Yeah. Body shape was all over the place. Um, mm. And from that, you know, Jack's saying that it really wasn't, there was a lot of sort of huff and puff, but but no real sort of, lots of probably control in the midfield, nice passing, but nothing more than that really. And I think that's, again, starting to be a recurring problem. It's what we do in our own box and what we do moving on from that. Um, the third goal was just, I mean, they just, so much time to keep knocking it back in after sort of clearances. Um, so just sort of a, a lack of ideas. And um, once Rovers had nullified was one of Jack's um, big takeaways and um, a lack of quality to open up Rovers down the middle or, or wide, really. So, I mean, he said he's he's concerned. And I think we all, we all are that it's looking very similar to last season where we can score some very well-worked goals, yet the opposition... You know, do it very simply and uh, very effectively, and it's a lack of plan B or or C. Seven goals to see in the last two games against very physical sides, really. So, yeah. a few standout, reasonable performances, and it's interesting to say that he said Hansen looked pretty solid, which um, from the radio didn't sound like he he was too too good. But I still think there's some there's got to be a player in Hansen somewhere, but it just doesn't seem to be working for him. That point. Um... I saw that a load of chat. I had to catch up on like 120 messages in that WhatsApp group. <laughs> but the goal that we scored, Woodburn's goal, and the lead up to it, there's it's very tippy tappy. Oh, it it's looks, lovely. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but that point about the fact that we, yeah, it's always intricate. It's always getting to it. You know, we really work the ball well before we score. We're not going. I know we kind of contradicting ourselves from earlier, but 
sometimes you do need to go a bit more direct when you're in the final third and it's all good being intricate but like you said if other teams seem to be being extremely effective and scoring goals by just doing some of the more simple things putting the ball in the mixer more regularly you're probably going to score more goals but but... If, we're, if we're doing intricacy at pace then brilliant but if we're doing fairly slow intricacy and and the other team is simply counter-attacking or attacking at pace then it's not necessarily going direct it's just the fact they're getting the balls in the area quicker and we're getting less time to position yeah. so and when you're losing jack made the point didn't he about if you're like the passing around the back four like when you're three one down, you don't want to spend. You can spend like two minutes passing it around the back four, not getting pressed because the other team doesn't need to press. And so, why are we doing that? But guys, it's sweaty and I'm hot and I'm upset. So <laughs> let's bring the mood up. Yeah. Guys, any listeners, by the way, there's obviously going to be a quiz, and usually that's funny. So we should all be laughing at that point. So keep listening, please. Right. Are we moving on to League One then? Um, I think the only other thing was the reaction. So I listened to KR's um, reaction after the game on Yellow Player. And he was kind of emphasising that Eastwood hadn't made a save in two games, but he's conceded seven goals. So we kind of referenced that a bit earlier on. There's not really much he can do about those. Um, He also talked about the ball going through Matty Taylor's legs early on in the game. Apparently he missed a sit, but I didn't manage to catch it on any of the highlights. Um, and then he's just saying everything is going against us with him getting a groin injury, then them walking up the pitch and scoring. He talked about us being vulnerable on the turnover and the counter and saying we need to be more ruthless in the final third. But again, I kind of wish he would focus on some of... The, I, I know you don't want to dig people out and he did a lot of that last year and we criticised him as a result of it. But it'd be good if he kind of emphasised that he knows we've got opportunities in defence, that we shouldn't be leaving people unmarked and... I kind of, I think fans appreciate the honesty when it comes to when you concede a bad goal, maybe talking a bit about the things that we're going to focus on to try and like remove the likelihood of that, that happening again. Like, as you said, that free header, the second goal, the fact we're not clearing lines, all that stuff. I just, it'd be good if he kind of referenced some of it. Um, right, on to League One. Connor, you're going to do this for us. League One, another another weekend gone. So uh, I'm going to take a few, take us through a few games. Uh, I'm not going to cover everything because, let's be honest, we're normally here for one team, one team only. <laughs> However, um, start off with the Ipswich game. Uh, we played Bolton on Saturday, and uh, Bolton was smashed five nil as Ipswich go top of the league. Uh, James Norwood grabbed two goals. Um, he's obviously. Amongst the goals again, he's showing uh, promising signs um, of, a, of a really good signing. And this was another 5-0 defeat for Bolton. And that's their third successive game where they have conceded those five goals. Um, I do feel for them a little bit for, for Bolton. Yeah. Uh, Burton came off the back of scoring four against us to draw 0-0 at Shrewsbury. Um, this next one particularly pleased me, I have to say. Um Chris Maguire scored a hat-trick against Wimbledon as they fell to a 3-1 away loss at Sunderland. Now, this is particularly bittersweet for me because I've got a friend who actually does listen to this podcast for some strange reason. Um, and he's a Wimbledon <laughs> fan and he really doesn't like Chris Maguire. So thank you, Chris Maguire, for doing that. <laughs> and, and ironically, Chris, the Wimbledon fan, I hope you enjoy listening to this. Um, 
after picking up uh, a point after the first three games, Peterborough, who obviously uh, we've already beaten this season twice, um, they won their second league game in the trot and they beat uh, MK Dons 4-0 away from home with Ivan Tony and their record signing Moisa amongst the goals again for them. Um, they do have a formidable strike force, I have to say. Those two up front will probably yeah. be bits for them this year. Um, Blackpool dropped points for the second game as they uh, came to a 0-0 draw away at Rochdale, which is probably quite disappointing for them. <clears throat> Wickham and the South End game, which was, uh, I know one James highlighted on here. Um, Wickham equalised on the 89th minute uh, and then they scored the winner in injury time. So uh, Wickham have had a very good start to the season and they remain undefeated with their three wins and two draws. Um, Coventry, who we play next weekend, um, have the same record as Wickham after they won 1-0 at home at Gillingham. Yeah, I was feeling extremely sorry for Southend fans. As you know, no yeah. points winning yeah. a game away from home in the 89th minute to go on and lose. Like that must be, yeah, they'll be hurting yeah. more than we are at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I would say what a shame, but to be quite frank, I don't really care. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the League One roundup, really, uh, after most teams have played five games, a few teams haven't. Uh, Ipswich, Blackpool, Wickham, Sunderland, Coventry and Fleetwood are in the driving seats and they've all had a solid start to the season. Uh, 7th place to 15th are only separated by three points. Uh, and while 16th and below, which includes us at 17th place, um, would most likely argue that it's been a rather indifferent start to the season. And as James mentioned, especially Southend, who remain on zero points. What do people uh, think about the Burton? I, I thought it was telling that obviously Burton come to our place on Tuesday, score four goals, and then go to Shrewsbury. I you can overanalyze football, can't you? And I guess I, you don't know how Shrewsbury or a setup or whatever, but that made me sad. <laughs> I think Shrewsbury have had a, a sneaky, reasonably quite a good start to the to the season actually. So it's probably. I think they're probably quite compact and a solid team, so not too surprising, I'd, I'd have thought, in a way. Yeah, I think, finally, just to, to wrap up League One, a little touch on Barry Football Club. Uh, they've had their deadline extended until Tuesday, uh, since Steve Dale has apparently finally agreed to sell the club, uh, which is Woo. good news for all of football, not just... <laughs> Definitely that deserves man. that. I saw Andy, you sent some nice tweets out, didn't you? You're a fan of Steve yeah. Dale. I think it's all too easy for fans to sit there of other clubs and say, oh, well, it doesn't really affect me or yeah. you know, Man, man City or Man United help them out. But I think um, I've read a few people saying we're only one bad owner away from being in that situation. So it's all too yeah. easily, especially with the, the financial sort of situation a lot of fo- football clubs are in to, to be in that um to be in that position so yeah. obviously I for one hope this deal goes through and they can obviously remain a, a league um, well I think it's probably inevitable they're going to they're going to go down to league two this season if they do this deal does go through but yeah nobody wants to see a football club with that sort of not so much size but with that history just yeah. disappear so no yeah, yeah. it's yeah. I, I completely agree I wish I wish Barry and and all their their fans and players etc for all the best for the rest of the season and hopefully this issue can be resolved. Uh, Bolton are getting dragged back into it yeah. again. I don't think that's um, 
that's not resolved either. So I think yeah, could have they, um... they've also got the same deadline as Barry, haven't they? So yeah. that's Tuesday. It's the same goes for them, really. Yeah, definitely. Right. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Andy Dent. Are we used to that? Shut up, brother. Morning to you. He's <laughs> starting to love it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say to James. <laughs> said to James before we started recording this. I'm not quite sure what that is, but it, it it's just roll with it. It works. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> we'll crack on with the, the little quiz section of the podcast. We'll start with the um, Oxford United on this day because it's normally the lesser interesting of the two. Um, <laughs> so we're, obviously it's the 25th of August. This particular little piece is from Saturday the 25th of August 1984. Uh, Billy Hamilton's first game was a 3-0 win at Huddersfield Town. He scored in his next outing a 2-2 League Cup draw at Hereford United and finished the season with 17 goals, 9 in the league. Hamilton had signed from Burnley for a club record of £95,000 but suffered from injuries and only played 41 games for Oxford, scoring 20 goals before being forced to retire. So, yeah, there we go. That's Billy, Billy nice. Hamilton in, in a... Billy Hamilton. In a little tidbit. Um, and well, I haven't asked you to do this, James, yet, so I know we discussed about pre-picking one of these um, little miscellanies but i haven't had i haven't had time to do it this week i will we will do it so we we kind of dig up some interesting stuff but if you could be so kind as to say stop whenever you're ready stop um would you like top middle or bottom top please top okay fat chant Oxford's, that's the title of this little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually saying there's a fat chance of having that. That's the title of this uh, yeah. fact. Yeah, so fat chance. Oxford's record in the FA Trophy is almost poor as Headington's in the Amateur Cup. In their first season in the Trophy, 2006-2007, Oxford United uh, needed a replay to beat Lewis 4-1 before being knocked out in a 2-1 by Halifax in a replay. The following season, Tunbridge Angels humbled the Yellows 1-0 after drawing 0-0 at the Kazam Stadium. In 2008-2009, Oxford were beaten 2-1 at home by York City, having won 2-0 at AFC Sudbury in the previous round. The best season was 2009-2010 when they beat Hayes and Yedding 1-0 in the first round, Woking 1-0 in the second round, then won 3-1 at Chelmsford before being knocked out 2-1 by Kidderminster in the quarter-finals. And that's it. Well, what was the team called that beat us in 2009? What was it? Where's it gone? It was like uh, the Tun- Tunbridge yeah, Angels. What I don't remember that. That is a low. <laughs> that's a low point, isn't it? It oh. is a low point. Wow, Tunbridge Angels. I'm glad you didn't pick bottom though. That one was that's a bit of a bizarre one. It, it might crop up later in another podcast. But <laughs> that, that one's for another another day. So there like, we go. There I we like go. how there was a little mention of York City in there as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, technically, mine and James's local club now. <laughs> right. Cheers, Mr. Dent. Now, usually when we do the previews for upcoming games, there's some notes somewhere, and I'm in a slight panic. John, do you have like some secret stash, or have you? I, I do. I do have a secret stash. You just took me to think I haven't put them in the uh, in the notion, and you'd probably be panicking about it. So. Uh, <laughs> 
panic not, but who knows whether they'll be any good or not. Um, <laughs> shall I crack on with, with Millwall? Yeah. Uh, so we've got them, got them in the cup. Um, it's a bit of a backstory to, to Millwall on us playing them. I and mean, I think it was one of the games which first, one of the early games that brought some of the people in this uh, this group together and um, sort of one that we all met in the pub in Leeds and it's sort of one of the early early meetings of this and we, it's gone on from there really. So I, I always look at it quite fondly when we play Millwall. Um, but in terms of this game, I, I'm not too sure, and we'll get on to predictions in a second, if there's going to be much for us really. I mean, they've they've started the season very well. They're 10th in their league, but you know they've drawn against West Brom and they've beaten them. Uh, they've beaten Sheffield Wednesday, Preston, and they've only been battered once by Fulham, but they've they've either beaten or drawn a lot of teams above them. Um, so some, I think they're in good good form. Um, was it? Um, sorry, John. Was it uh, Fulham that had like eighty eight percent possession or something against Millwall? It, it Am I a, making that up? I don't know about that stat, but it was it was certainly four nil. Um, Knockout got one, and uh, it, it was quite comprehensive. But beyond beyond that, they've all been either very good results or or beating teams that you probably wouldn't have expected them to. Um, but in terms of in terms of their team, I mean they've they've not got a particular number of what I'd say standout players, but they've got they don't seem to have a lot of experience in terms of appearances in the league and so on. But I think it suggests they've blended as a team quite well. Um, Ryan Leonard is a, is a decent player they've got. I think we've been linked with him in the past when he was at South End. Matt Smith's big big known well known target man. So they've they've got something there, but. I think it'll. Um, I think based on form and where they are, it'll be uh, potentially going go in their favour. But I mean, in terms of lineup changes for ourselves, I think Matt Taylor's unlikely to play. Brannigan's apparently got injury. I think Goran had a bit of a hamstring issue. So, what, what do people think in terms of lineup? Do we do we go wholesale changes and bring in Hall, Aggie, or do we try and keep a keep the team consistent? What, what do people think? Uh, I think. Oh, go on, go on, Andy. Yeah, I think it's consistency is key, and it doesn't matter what cup or competition you're playing in. Obviously, it's easy to make rash decisions um, and think, "Oh, well, he hasn't played very well. I'll chuck somebody else in." Um, but I think we need to start building a, a bit of consistency across um, all of the competitions. To be honest, I think I think more needs a couple more games just to bed in. Um, yeah, I agree. He came in fairly late in the in the in the window and in the. Um, pre-season so I think he needs probably another couple of games to bed and he's obviously got quality being um, from Leicester so I wouldn't I wouldn't want to change too much at the back um, I think that's probably as good as we're going to get in terms of defence um, Score prediction? Uh, um, purely based on <laughs> the the results we've had so far this season I'm, I'm going to go for a oof, 2-1 to Millwall. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. I, I think Long played in the Peterborough um, Milk Cup game and he played really well. He was one of the best players on the pitch, so I expect him to come in. And I wouldn't be surprised if Moose played again. He might even play more and Moose or something like that and give Dickey a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe yeah. Fawn, if Fawn is fit which I have no idea if he is or not. I'm guessing if he wasn't in the squad, maybe he's a bit too far away. But it would be great to see Adji come into the team and play. But I think we'll... I have no idea, basically. There's no point in predicting. I'm going to say 1-0 one, <laughs> one to Oxford. I'd stick um, I'd stick Hall in. I think a lot of people seem to be saying he's um he seems to be sort of past his best. But 
I think against the championship team, he's he's going to get a little bit more time, get some more uh, minutes into his legs. So I I definitely put him, but I, I agree. I mean, I think we'll we'll score and give him a game, but I can see them just having a little bit of nous and probably probably winning it overall. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to go for a three-one win to Millwall. I don't really see us doing much. Um, uh, I agree with the with what Andy said about keeping the back the back four relatively similar. Um, although I would potentially give Cadden a rest because he has done a lot of work in the last, uh, well, since the start of the season, and perhaps might need a bit of you know a bit of time off. Um, I think midfield wise, yeah, Brannigan obviously if if he's got a knock, don't risk him. He's going to be our key player this season without a doubt. Uh, if Goran's fit, getting back in. Uh, if not, then perhaps we might even see Shandon Baptiste feature not for the start, yeah. But yeah, perhaps off the bench, minutes. which would be which would be great. And I think I think Ford will probably start. Um, and again, like James said, if Edgy or however you pronounce his name, if he if he gets on the pitch at some point, that would also be a positive. Okay, well, um, shifting to Coventry, and I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just too uh, <laughs> negative, but I'm not sure it gets much better for us. Really, um, I mean, they're right up there, and Connor's already mentioned it. They've got a very good record unbeaten don't seem to have been affected by the ground move they're, they're currently fifth and they've but they've probably only beaten the teams that they'd expect to not like we have i.e we've not beaten the teams we'd expect to and they've drawn away at Portsmouth, which is, is impressive but they did, did draw to bolton um didn't they have um nine men and drew three all at portsmouth i yeah, think it was something like that it was something like that. i'm not exactly sure of the sequence of, of red cards but it's a it's a very good result, regardless of particularly um, how many you've got. But they seem to be beating the teams that they'd expect to and haven't really played many above them. So I think that's a position we'd like to be in and we're certainly we're probably the polar opposite of that at the yeah. moment. Um, team-wise, more a standard sort of 4-3-3. And interestingly, they have quite a lot of different goal scorers in their team so far, which is probably not great for us either. Um all the strikers are pretty proven at this level. Um, Matt Hidden's one. Um, they've got a new striker signed from Marseille, who's obviously new. There's a lot of hype they're talking about. A chap called Callum O'Hare, who's just signed on loan from Villa, who people seem to be very much raving about, was was due to be involved at the start from Villa, but then they they spent once on their spending spree, so he's been he's been loaned out. So imagine he'll come off on as a sub. Um, they've got Kyle McFadzian or Fadzen. At centre half, mm-hmm. I think there's one a few of us quite fancied as a as a free transfer, but that didn't happen. Um, Jordan Shipley in midfield is a is a youngster quite creative, so I think they've they'll, again they'll be tough to beat, well organised. Um, I mean, I think lineup. I think we to a degree we need to see what happens sort of post Millwall, and I was fine with lineups. You know, as fans, what do we really know about the state of players and fitness and who looks good in training? But I think it's, it's about, I'm sure Woodburn will, will come back into it and. Uh, um, more may come in and, and probably continue, but I mean, in terms of predictions, I I think we should I think we should win this at home. I think there'll be goals. They'll be worried about set pieces again. I think we'll probably nick it. But anyone else got any thoughts overriding points? Mm, I don't. <laughs> they they've had such a strong, like you said, they've kind of beaten the teams around them that they'd expect to beat. I it's just difficult at the moment. I think if we don't win that. Um, oh, I don't know. I think it, it slowly our start is going to, we're going to be creeping down <clears throat> towards the bottom. Yeah. And I imagine fans are going to be getting really itchy feet 
I, yeah. I'd say it's not it's not a must win, is it? But it's that'll yeah. be our sixth sixth game of the season, and to only have four points after the promise that we've seen from the opening couple of games, mm-hmm. like oh. yeah. they'll be feeling a last um, season creeping in definitely. But then, as yeah. many of us have said, it's a new team and doesn't need time. Mm. I think it's probably fair what James has said. I think uh, it, we need to take it game by game, um, see where we're at after sort of. 10 games in the league if we're still not consistent and we're still not scoring and we're still leaking goals and I think questions need to start to be asked I think it was a big risk giving Robinson a three-year deal um, without him having achieved anything um, significant by the board have done it do you know just just looking at the table um, only two teams have conceded more goals than us and obviously one of them's Bolt and the other one is <laughs> Southend but wow. consider, considering how our that's a brutal stat. Yeah, but considering yeah, how good. strong we looked in defence, I, I remember on one of the first pods, I just kept saying, well, we won't concede because, we, you know, Dickie's, you know, the next Carlos Puyol. Like, <laughs> we, it's, it's, it's gone from that. To, I wish he grew his hair no, like Carlos Let's Puyol. be honest, the table doesn't lie, does it? We are where we are because of the results we've had. And it's that's, that's football. You don't win games by drawing or... It's, it's easy to come back and, and get yourself ahead but if you don't stay ahead and you don't win the game you don't get points and you don't you don't get promotion so let's see where we yeah. are after the, uh, the the Coventry game and hopefully the next pod uh, after that will be a, a one more positive one Right, we're into the fun bit and we can all cheer up a bit. So quiz time. John, is it you? You this week? It is me and uh, I think you'll have to keep them, keep your brains sharp in the uh, sweat boxes because this will involve a little bit of uh, stretching your memory. <laughs> oh, Christ. So, um, to be fair, I, sorry to interrupt, John, but I am so happy it was your, your quiz night because <laughs> I looked earlier and for a minute I thought it was me. And I was like, "Shit, I haven't prepared anything." <laughs> and I saw your name on, on the on the notes, and I was like, "Thank fuck for that." So go ahead, mate. Well, um, we also looked at previous players. We guessed some of them. Looked at their history, and I thought, "Well, how do how do I find a way so we can look at previous managers and and the sack race?" So this is about <laughs> this is about managers. Um, so we're going to play a little game of were they sacked, resigned, or deported. And for extra points. Oh no, is Andy breaking up? Andy broke up a bit then. <laughs> Andy's still... gone into full oh, robot. Can, can I hear You're me? Still, is that, are we back? This is. Oh no, Andy, you're breaking. You've gone. This is this tactical. Are you, are you that nervous about the quiz? Maybe you can type in the chat. <laughs> oh, he's back. Oh, no, ha- you're oh. back. He's back. Yeah. You're back. You're back. Yeah, that was that was the podca- uh, podcast equivalent of a nervous wee. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you heard. So, were they sacked? I did. We get rid of them. Resigned? They got rid of themselves. Or deported? And that's a whole different ball game. And for extra points, and this is where the points come in. What do they do after Oxford? I'm looking for the football-related stuff. I don't want to know random trivia like they opened a restaurant in Spain or they moved in just down the road from Yunnan. Just proper a few football clubs, and if nobody knows it, then we'll, we'll learn something. So, so it's a um, bit. It's a bit like Shag Marrier Avoid for uh, football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um, we'll, 
can we can do that game another when we really run out of quizzes down the line. <laughs> yes, there's a game right there, Connor. That's one for you. Yeah. Um, that's next week sorted. So, I mean, I've done this through the the World Wide Web, so I'm sure it's not all 100% accurate. But we haven't got legal retainer anyway, so um, if we get sued, we'll, we'll just have to have a whip round. Um, so, how does it work? <laughs> I'll give you a name, and then it's no open field to shout out your name to answer the sacked, resigned, or deported question for for one point. But for two points per relevant answer, where did they end up footwise after that? Why did they get sacked? Any of those sort of big things that I've I've noted down, and you can carry on answering that as many times as you like. If you're thinking, well, I'll just gamble on where they sacked or resigned or maybe deported, then if you don't have anything to say after that, you will get frozen out, and everyone else can have as many goes as they like. So it's not about just diving in for a, for if, a quick point. Yeah. So are you punished if you dive in for the sacked? Um, or deported thing, and then just don't know the second bit. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if you don't know the second bit, then you can. You'll, you'll not get anything. So, right. um, like I said, the points probably won't matter in the end, but it'll just mean we can, in theory, remember some interesting things about some of the hopeless managers we've lost, and quite a lot of our managers, un- amazingly, did get all of the, one of those three things. So um, we'll give it a go and see where we see where we get to. So to start off, then, your first name is. Ian Atkins. Was he sacked? Did he resign? Or was he deported? Anyone want to give it a go? Andy. Go on then. Sacked. He was sacked. So what did he do after Oxford? Or why was he sacked? Or why Uh, was he sacked? Who who did he manage after that? Well, he was just sacked for being pretty rubbish. Uh, What did he do afterwards? Um... I'm going to have a punt. Did he go into another managerial job? Yeah, any, I'm after the club. What, what any clubs? No. Yeah. I, uh, I, can I, I say... Yeah, go on. Go on. Oh, I think you're out there, Andy. I think, I, I, think I know what club it is. Go on then, Connor. Is is it Bristol Rovers? It is Bristol Rovers. That's one of them. Yes. Two, two points locked down. Oh, no. Anybody? We've only had one question and the music's ended. <laughs> 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 Anybody else beyond Andy got any guesses on that one? Or any further thoughts? Any other clubs? Any what other about clubs? why he got sacked oh, or other clubs other that he clubs. managed? Anything he did after Oxford? Why he went sacked? to. He was at Carlisle at one point and then Torquay. Torquay after Torquay, us. Torquay, I've got yeah two points. Oh. Anything else? All right, we'll we'll move on then. Uh, next person is Mark Lawrenson. Oh. Was he sacked? Resigned? Or was he deported? Uh, James, yeah, I think he resigned because we sold um, John Aldridge to Liverpool or something like, that. or we sold a player to someone. Uh, Dean Saunders, maybe. Yes, there it is. Right, that was oh. that was going to be the big bonus point. It was Dean Saunders, and uh, he's absolutely right. He resigned, so that's four points. It's... And what else did he do? Football related after he left Oxford. He... Can you think of anything? He grew a really shit moustache and then maintained it. <laughs> Football related, he didn't appear on anything. I think he deserves uh, 0.5 points for that at least. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> I don't remember, to be honest. Well, you, you would have got points for, uh, for appearing on Match of the Day, which is obviously football oh, related. Oh, right. Well, ah. yeah. But the moment's gone, I'm afraid. Um, okay. Moving on, uh, Gary Waddock. Or James. Connor. Oh, yes. James in again. Yeah. He was 
sacked when Michael yeah. Appleton came in and the takeover happened with Daryl Eels. They wanted yeah. to go in a new direction and he went to Aldershot. Whoa. No, he didn't. He didn't go to Aldershot, he did he? Did. Did he? He did. He did. That's, oh. that's where he, that was his last club. That's uh, oh, cheeky it. six points you've nailed there, James. This oh. is a, a very aggressive start. Oh, is that um, man? At, no, he went. He went to. No, he didn't. He went, no, he went to. No, 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 no. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Managerial. Get off Wikipedia. No, no. I'm not even on Wikipedia. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. I've, lo I've looked went. it up. And he I go. know that he went to Barnet. He went to Barnet in a coaching role. I know that. Does that count to anything? <laughs> well, it would have if you were eligible to answer the question. Ah, oh, yeah. fair enough. But James is uh, I'm just answered informing, and got informing them, the so. viewers. So, of you, yeah. listeners. Portsmouth would have been another one. Barnet. Um, Portsmouth? He went to Portsmouth. I think only like a coaching role or something. I, don't, I didn't expect yeah. anyone to really get it. All right, okay. Um, okay, next one. David Kemp. Brings nightmares back to me, that name. David Kemp. Was he sacked? Oh, this, this quiz is far too intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> I've no Mark. idea who that is. Connor. I'm just going to guess. Connor. I'm just going to guess he was sacked. He was sacked. I want to guess. And where did? And what did he do after <laughs> after Oxford United? Not Why was clue. he sacked, Connor? Come up with something. <laughs> yeah. Not a clue. Why was he sacked? What? Why was he sacked? Uh, he yeah. slept with the chairman's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Two points. <laughs> there it is. Two points. <laughs> no, that's that's not the right answer. Uh, but, um, I thought. I think. Uh, I, I, I don't have a clue. Not a clue for, for what he did afterwards. I just it was a, it was a solid guess. To be well, I think for the sake of, of moving on, I'll, I'll I'll tell you he was um he's basically a Tony Pulis disciple. He's followed Tony Pulis to every club he's basically been at. He was a assistant manager at Stoke. Everywhere Tony Pulis has been, David Kemp followed him oh. like a lapdog. Does he wear a cap? Not, <laughs> oh, I hope so. I was, I was just about to say that. <laughs> now at Middlesbrough. Um, okay, next one. Ramon Diaz. Was he sacked, resigned, or deported? Uh, James. Yeah. He resigned. Or deported. I suppose, is this no, the no. deported one? I don't know. <laughs> resigned. Resigned, that is the right answer. Deported is a bit of a potential trick question. He wasn't actually deported. Yeah. Um, what did he do after Oxford? Any any oh guesses? God. I know he went. He managed in Argentina again. One of the. Oh, come on, music. <laughs> um, uh, I'll. Uh, he went to Boca River. I'll say River yeah, Plate. Yeah. Plate. Bang on. Bang on. Anything else? Oh. No idea. You're absolutely clearing house on this show. Uh, the other guys need to uh, need to step up a bit. Um. Dennis Smith, after his second spell, did he was he sacked? Did he resign or was he deported? James. James. He, he resigned. He did. No one could sack um, Jim Smith. You get a Dennis arm around the face. Oh, oh, oh no! He loses points surely for getting oh. the, the wrong manager. <laughs> no, no, I, meant, uh, I meant. I uh... meant. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, he's lucked into saying he resigned. Which uh, he, did, he went though. to West Brom. Dennis Smith, didn't he? It's the wrong. Multiple reasons. Um, okay, last but not least, and I don't know why I finished on him. Darren Patterson. Uh, he sacked, resigned, uh, or deported. Andy. Go on then, Andy. Was he sacked? He was sacked. Did he go to Peterborough? He did not go to Peterborough. Uh, no. Anyone else jumping in? Bristol Rovers. 
There it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Double Bristol Rovers. They've come up quite a lot this podcast, haven't they? (laughs) Did you say in the last one that Dennis Smith didn't go to West Brom? Because he definitely did. Uh, He went to... So uh, this is after his second spell, which was the the thing to listen for. He went to Wrexham. Oh, right. Sorry. My bad. And um, he has a certain Hall of Fame in that he's one of the few managers to have managed over a thousand games. Wow. Not not too many have have done that. Um, that. So... Not quite an adrenaline pumping quiz, I'll, I'll get to, but um, hopefully we've learned uh, a few bits and bobs. Um, but I, I don't even need to bother counting up the scores because James has absolutely smashed that one out of the park. I don't think I've won a quiz yet, so I'm very happy no, 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 about no. that. Well done, James. Helpful for the overall. I think we're all we're all level pegging. So I yeah, I was hope, hoping you said Waddock. I was for some reason I just remembered him yeah, going same. to Aldershot, so I was mm. praying that you said it. I was waiting for Malcolm Shotton to come out. It was a bit of a speciality of mine. <laughs> Where did Shotton? Did Sh- Andy, you're, Andy, you're going to be absolutely gutted in that because I was mindful of the time. I pulled Malcolm Shotton oh, from one of the wounded. So do you want? Oh, this is straight up. I've got it right here. Do you want to tell us whether he resigned, sacked, or, deport, or was deported? And what Malcolm Shotton, he resigned. Yeah, um, with a club on the brink of being relegated for a second. Uh, successive time, yeah, um, and he went to um, it's a Yorkshire club. He went to oh Bradford as a assistant, and then he had a an, an interesting appointment as the director of football at Loughborough University. Oh, very this is a special Ooh, subject. Wow, Bloody do, you, do you Jane... know what's his favourite colour? Uh, <laughs> green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Forty James, your win is not under threat. Can you tell me anything else, Andy, on your specialist subject? He has a very impressive moustache. <laughs> he now apparently works at Barnsley College, but as I said beforehand, you know the good ship, the internet could be wrong in some of these. Does but... he? I might pay. I might pop in there on Tuesday because I'm yeah, in and around Barnsley. Or... Twi- oh. Twiddle his moustache a few times. That will uh, <laughs> get you taken off the premises. He he's still when him when Shotton or Dennis Smith um, commentate they often will be with Jerome or someone yeah, on right. and it's it's really interesting hearing them talk about the team and they still say we when they you know <laughs> talk about Oxford it's good so so that was sacked resigned or deported it's a good one it was very good really enjoyed that right I think right, that's obviously. I think that's it. Yeah. Would you know what, lads? We've kept this to just over an hour, and I think we've done a good job considering we had two games to talk about and two games to preview. Yeah. And so we're going to have the, what's going to happen next week. We've got yeah, so Millwall, Coventry to talk about, and then who are we playing after Coventry? What does the week look like after that? Oh. I do not remember. Oh, don't don't go too far ahead. No, but that will be the next pod, won't it? We'll be previewing. We've Let's got have a look. We've got Norwich City under twenty ones. In the uh, that's not a game. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, no. I know. Hang on, and then we're not going to talk about that. Got, surely, uh, though. we're just going to. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy not to speak about that. And then September the seventh, we've got uh, Fleetwood Town away. The thing is about the paint pot surprise trophy is that it will be interesting because of the, as we said earlier, the depth in the squad. Hopefully, more players will get a run out. But yeah, you know, we'll keep it limited in terms of our chat about that stuff. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Please continue to give us feedback um, and share with your friends and family if you enjoy it. That'd be great. And we'll catch you next uh, Monday, I guess.
Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Fuck off, Swindon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>